we sometimes say that. We love being together in the presence of Jesus, together as family. Um, if you weren't here, you've not been here the last couple of weeks, uh, we kicked off a new series, a new season, uh, which we've called Friends and Family. And our intention over these weeks is simply to push the pedal on community, of gathering together as a people. But not just as a people, but to create space and time and opportunities for people to come in and be part of the family. Probably like no other time, maybe in humanity, uh, has it ever been as challenging as it is today with regards to uh, human interaction and togetherness. And there are lots of contributing factors. We're not going to go over those again. But I think presented to the church of Jesus, we have a tremendous opportunity and a wonderful responsibility, actually, within culture and society to gather as his people. And as we gather together as his people, it's incredibly attractive to others to join and be a part of things. Uh, we're looking at this and doing this in three ways. One way is through teaching on it, through Sundays, and that's what we're doing right now. Uh, another way is through our life groups. Uh, we have 13 life groups uh, which have gathered, and uh, that's the most I think we've ever had as a church. And lots of them uh, are really, really uh, well attended by many of you. You have chosen wisely to, uh, to, to, to sign up and not just to sign up, but to go along. Uh, one particular group um, is Ivan Skinner's, um, which is his camera group. And uh, at first, or maybe a week or so ago, we were like, this is in danger of Ivan going out on his own with a camera. And, uh, and then before we know it, he had 10 people sign up. Is that right? And none of them, 12, and none of them come to our church. Two of them come to our church. And the rest are just people that heard about it. Weird people with cameras. Let's hope those weird people with cameras from far and wide are not listening to this podcast right now. If they are, it was Ivan Skinner, the bald-headed man who said it. Uh, but isn't that amazing in the power of social media? It just went viral. Ivan went viral catching. So uh, isn't that wonderful? And, and I, I asked some of our leaders if they would kind of uh, send me just a few things of how the groups went because they began last week. Here's just uh, two or three. Philippa and Kathy's group, uh, they met on Wednesday evening. Coffee and Connect met last night, first time. Twelve of us headed to Creed. Three brave souls walked from the venue in the rain. God, that torrential night of rain that we had. How did the other nine of you survive? <laughs> Everyone met, else met us down there. That was you, other nine. And there was a real buzz, and the uh, group got lots of chat, and great establishment, because often that first week when you're meeting together and you're not kind of sure who's going to be there and all the rest, and can be a little bit, uh, but that sounds great. Elizabeth and Diane, they kicked off on Thursday morning, their ladies group. Diane encouraged the ladies to try and leave down their hardships for the hour and a half that we were there and have some fun together, various activities over the coming sessions. And uh, some comments as afterwards was like, I really needed that laugh. That's 
what we all need. It was so positive just to gather, be together. Paul and Judith, they're leading one of our uh, around-the-table food groups. And uh, they said that they absolutely loved it. No structure, no forced conversation, just flowing chat, laughter, getting to hear each other's stories. Um, and then later on said, I found the mental health benefits to be fantastic, both in being able to bless and serve by opening up a home and providing food, etc., etc. Chantelle and I, we kicked off our uh, Around the Table group also on Wednesday evening. It's just a wonderful opportunity uh, to get together and allow other people to connect with each other, sharing our stories, sharing our lives, and, but also beginning just that conversation of talking about Jesus together. Because if we just gather and have a bit of fun, that's just one thing. But actually, we do want to share our lives and share our faith with each other and encourage one another. So that was just a number of things from our life groups, just to give you a little bit of feedback. And then the other way that we're uh, pursuing or pushing this pedal of uh, community is over our events. And uh, there's all shapes and sizes taking part and taking place over the last few weeks and in the coming weeks. We had a craft night uh, at the very beginning of May, and Chantelle came back with this wonderful-looking wreath. That was it. I was going to say thing. It was like a round thing that's now displayed beautifully on our kitchen door. It looks wonderful. Just one or two of the flowers fell off, and our dog Marley enjoyed eating those. Uh, but it looks fantastic. But that's not the point. The point is that people gather together, and the point is it wasn't just church people. Friends, guests, other people from outside the four walls came and enjoyed uh, fellowship with one another. Gillian Grant, our kids pastor, led uh, a quiz during the week and a number of you had gone and volunteered and been part of it. I think there were six primary schools gathered together and uh, just a tremendous opportunity of gathering children in our community together. Great opportunity for us as a church to be represented and to gather a number of the primary school people uh, to one particular event. And then yesterday, uh, we had a tremendous time at our allotment in Eden. Uh, gathered together, uh, Carly and Ivan and Hugo and a number of others just gathering together. It was absolutely fantastic time. Uh, all the flower beds, no, not flower beds, what would you call those things? Beds. Dirt beds. No, what do you call them? Dirt beds. What is it? Raised beds with mud in them. They were, they were cleared. It was wonderful. And I managed to not lift a finger the whole time. Everyone gets to play. I let everyone else play. It was wonderful. Um, but it was, just, it was just a tremendous opportunity. All ages there. But it wasn't just that. It was other friends that came. And it was other allotment owners that came for a cup of tea and a co and I was just like, my goodness, this is community. This is gathered people together, which was absolutely wonderful. The two big events, and they've been uh, promoted there, that we have coming up with our wine tasting evening on Friday. If you intend to go, you need to book your ticket. And you have until Tuesday night, which is the deadline, because I have to tell them on Wednesday how many are coming. With 29 tickets sold, We'd love it if you'd come, but we'd really, really love it if you brought someone with you. Just be tremendous. It's a tremendous opportunity to do that. And then, of course, the, the football night coming up as well is a great time. Anyway, that's that. 
We're into today's teaching. If you've got a Bible, Luke 5, uh, we have a few verses to read and then just a few things from it. We're Luke 5, 27 and 32. says this, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, also Matthew, sitting uh, at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees And the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The context of this passage is early on in the the stage of Jesus' ministry. So it's early days. And the passage before it in Luke, we read, is, uh, is the time when Jesus heals the paralytic. Remember the paralytic that was lowered through the, the hole in the roof and came down and Jesus laid hands and, uh, and, and brought healing? But also ensued in that, in that conversation was the ability to forgive people. And at that point, he's beginning to upset and ruffle the feathers of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. At that point... Um, They're beginning to question the authority that Jesus has. And that leads us into uh, the next bit where Jesus encounters a tax collector. Reminder from last week, those of you who are here, Johnny spoke fabulously about coming home and he uh, he mentioned tax collectors and he said uh, similar to this, it's important that we kind of understand that, that tax collectors were one of their own, meaning... They were of, they were part of God's family. And yet they had kind of gone against God's family in that they represented the Roman Empire who were demanding taxes from God's people. And they exploited their own people for the sake of their own financial gain and in so doing nearly betraying their own. They had often gotten wealthy uh, by ill gains. And so we find this story where Jesus invites Levi, whose, whose name we know uh, is Matthew, into relationship. And he says, yes, he will. He will come into relationship. Very much like we read when uh, Peter and James and John and others, where Jesus invited them into relationship with him. And very quickly in this passage that we've just read, um, Matthew then invites Jesus to his home for a party with all his other friends with all the other tax collectors and sinners. Can I just say for the rest of this time, we are not making a distinction between us and people outside who are the sinners and we're okay because we're all sinners, right? So when I say that, we're all part of that category. The religious people complain and they ask Jesus, why is it that Jesus meets and hangs out with the tax collectors and the sinners? Because the religious people would not have associated themselves with such people. They would have refrained and kept themselves to themselves. And kept themselves away from the big bad world. And Jesus replies, healthy people don't need a doctor. I have come 
to call people into relationship with me, those who are far from me. It is such a helpful story for us to look at. Because here's the thing. We are in danger. This is the danger. This is the caution. We are in danger, especially in this series, of creating um, a culture within ourselves that we keep ourselves to ourselves. And we create almost like a subculture of just Christians being Christians together. And we can go to lots of effort and we can put it all over Facebook and we can do this event, we can do that group and we can do this. But if it's just us showing up, then we've got a problem. Because it's not just for us. It's making space for another. We need to invite people into the family. I wonder how many of you can identify with this. When um, my first proper job after I'd been to university back in the day, I worked for a church and I was a youth pastor. And my whole life revolved around church. And when I wasn't working for the church, I was hanging out with Christians the whole time. I had one friend, his name was Ian. And he was my token non-Christian friend. And we would get together once every so often. And I would nearly feel like, oh, I've, I've done it. I had surrounded my whole life with Christians. The whole time. And I'd removed myself from the big, bad world. I wonder how many of you can relate to that. Because if that is our life then when it comes to um, engaging with those that don't yet know Jesus, we have a problem if we don't know anyone. Um, Elaine Fugard and her team of people have just concluded a fabulous course called Alpha. Alpha, many of you will know, is a great opportunity for people to go and ask questions and find out about relationship with God. And... Uh, both Elaine and a number of others went really hard at trying to uh, encourage people to come to that fantastic course. We had bought uh, a plastic or, I don't know what you call it, banner and stuck it up on the side of our venue. We'd used social media as hard as we could. We announced it every single week here in church for weeks and weeks. Goodness me, we even got the... Uh, alpha coordinator for Northern Ireland to come and speak here and he was brilliant and yet the number of people that came to our Alpha course was still fairly low and there was a sense of sort of disappointment now I'm not trying to make you feel bad at all but it raises the question how many of us are journeying life with people who don't yet know Jesus. Now I realize that for someone to go to on an alpha course, they have to be asking those kind of questions. And you have to have that relationship with them that they've been asking you about God and been asking you about church and asking you about this, that, the other. There's a big difference between inviting your friends on an alpha course and inviting someone on a wine tasting evening. Do you understand the difference? 
And that's partly why we want to be a church that just simply is full of normal kind of everyday kind of people where these opportunities where we can gather together and invite and be with each other. Stick to the story. Jesus engaged with people in the real world all the time. And he invites people into relationship with him. Come follow me, he says to Matthew. And there's something so infectious about him that people did. I've said this before. It took me a while to come to the realization that people actually like me. Thanks, Kathy. You're the only person clearly here that that feels the same way. (coughs) Now, I know not everyone likes me, and that's okay. And I'm not out to get to people to like me. But it dawned on me once upon a time, people actually think I'm okay. And people actually want to be with me. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Betty. You're my second other friend in the room. I'm kind of making a bit of a song and a dance out of this to make a point. Part of the reason, other than... I'm not saying all those stupid things. Is I carry the presence of Jesus. And so do you. And when we carry the presence of Jesus, he's incredibly attractive. And people are drawn to us. Why? Because there's something that we have. Something that we have. And I have noticed... I've noticed this more, actually, the last couple of years or so. Um, Just more and more conversations with people that are not you, outside the four walls with people who come and talk to me and tell me things. And it's not because I'm a minister. There's something there that they entrust, and there's something there that they want to share. And, and there are times when, a, a very brief story, uh, um, running club, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. We're, we're out running with a fella, uh, well, a number of guys, and this, this fella begins to just open up and share some very personal things as we're running together. And I'm like, goodness, that must be really hard. And I'm thinking, why is this guy, he's like spilling the beans here. And he obviously feels like he can do that. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's really tough. I said, you know I'm a Christian. I would love to pray with you. Would that be all right? And it's one of those moments we've been there before, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that would be really good. I'm like, no, we'll just do that now. And we're literally running together beside each other. And I'm beginning to just pray. I'm just saying, God, would you be with, would you? And just, it's just such a natural thing. And part of it is, It's who we carry inside of us. It's him. People are drawn to that. So, back to the story. Why did did Peter lay down the nets and go follow Jesus? Why did Matthew, a tax collector who's got loads of cash coming in, leave that and go follow Jesus? It's because of who he was and what he promised. The way, the truth, and the life. You might be surprised when 
in conversation that you have with people, in invitation to, it doesn't have to be one of our events. It could be invitation to go have coffee with you. It could be invitation to have breakfast at your home. It could be to have a barbecue and enjoy the fabulous weather, which is just about here and coming. In turn, Jesus went to dinner with other sinners. And in this story that we see, Matthew actually then invites Jesus. Hey, come on round, I'm having a party. And he goes. He goes to the place and the religious ask them these questions going, why is he going to that place with those? Do it, does Jesus realize who those people are? Oh my goodness, what they might be getting up to. And often we need to go to the people where they're at. And I realize that lots of the things that we're sharing and we're sort of promoting, I guess, are come to things. It's invitation. You come on over to here. But actually, God's inviting us to go where the people are. Again, story. Two or three seasons ago, years ago, I ran a life group called Running Wild. It was a running group. And a number of church folks came. And it was great. We had a great time. But I realized, I was like, goodness, I'm reinventing the wheel. What, what am I doing That Why am I trying to create almost another thing that rivals why don't I just go and join the running club? And that's what I did. And a number of us are part of that. And it's not just that. I know I get to talk about that quite a bit. You have your things where you go. I know there's some of you that go and stand on the side at Ulster with a bunch of other fellas. And you have your drinks and you cheer on and you, whatever it is. I know others of you go here, there and everywhere and we don't have time for all that. Jesus is inviting us to go to where people are at. And sometimes we need to work out the places where we're meant to go to and the places we're not meant to go to. Because actually there's some places that if we go to them, it's not helpful. Another story. You'll know our friend Emily, some of you. Emily is our friend in England and she works with uh, women in the sex industry. And she goes into brothels and she befriends the women who work there. That is incredible. Enormous courage and trust, and it's taken years and years of building relationship there. Now, that's going to take a certain kind of person that's able to do that in obedience to what God was telling her to do. I would strongly recommend in that situation that probably for a man to go into that situation to do the same thing is probably not a good idea. I thought there'd be more than two or three chuckling at that, but maybe. And we have to kind of work out the places that God's sending us to and the places actually where we need to refrain from. When I worked uh, in this school as a teacher, um, Every single Christmas and at the end of the year, it was the staff do. And it was usually uh, a good let yourself, let your hair down kind of moment of thank goodness for that, terms over and what have you. And I remember in my first two or three years going to them but feeling quite awkward because I didn't want to drink lots as some were doing and everything else conversations that took part. But I felt... I needed to be present regardless in those places. 
And even though it was a bit of a struggle to begin with over years, I learned to absolutely love those staff dues. The crack was mighty. <laughs> Doesn't sound quite right, does it? When I say it. Why? Why did I love those times? Because of relationship. Because of being in those places. And sometimes, anyway, not time for that. One of the people uh, in our church I love uh, to hear her stories is, and I'm inviting her now, is Corinne. Corinne Latham is part of our church, has been for some time. And uh, she models what I'm describing in her personal private life really, really well. And I've asked if you'd just share. Okay. Okay, you said five minutes, so I've been trying to time this in my head. So I've been thinking about relationship and who I am and the type of person I am. If you get on a flight with me, do not think you're going to sleep. I am that person that if you sit beside, by the end of the journey, you will be my new best friend. You'll have told me your whole life story and I will be asking you very accountable questions. I cannot help it. I love connection. I come from a very large extended family. My dad was one of 16 children. My mum was one of seven. Everybody in County Down is pretty much related to me. And it is really easy to walk down a street and go, oh yeah, okay, I haven't seen you for ages. And they probably are your second cousin twice removed. So, you know, connection is really important. And when I was thinking about this story this week, I kept thinking about these, the small world that, you know, Northern Ireland is and how connection is really important. Um, and there's just a phrase that we use in school because a lot of kids come in and they're like, can't do that, no, not bothered, no. <laughs> and it's the word, I can, okay? And we, we normally put the I and the can together because we want the children to have a growth mindset. That means that they're empowered and they're able to do things. So I want you all to think about a verse in the Bible and it's about, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And to be honest, I, I am absolutely just like all of you. I am just called to be present. And the phrase that keeps coming into my head is just, I can. You know, it, there's people out there who you're meeting every day and you can talk to them and, and it does take great courage. But we're going to think about the I can and if you walk away with nothing else, at least you've got a new phrase. Um, so the I is for being intentional. Like when I see someone I, I know or I don't know, I'm like, hi. When I'm walking down the street, I'm looking in people's eyes, I go, hi, Ivan. Do you get new glasses? I really like those. They're lovely. I am very intentional about trying to build relationship. And when you're intentional, people start to notice that about you. Um, and when you think about the C, about making that connection in our school, and, and I'm quite well known for this, and I've spoken about it in lots of principal conferences and teacher conferences where I am talking about making connection. We're living in a society where people are disconnected. They think they're connected through social media, but they're actually disconnected. And we, people are longing for connection. On Friday morning in school, and I am known for this random handshaking, hugging, disco dancing type of connection with my pupils, a parent came in and said the following words, Mrs. Latham, I haven't had my hug from you this week. Why did she need a hug from me? Because she needs connection. We all long to feel loved. We all feel long to be part of something. So thinking about being intentional and about being connected, you're connected to this church 
but you can also share that connection by telling people that you go to church. And sometimes that's just the intentional piece of information that you need to open up a conversation. Not everybody who meets me, and this is maybe a bad reflection of me, will think, oh, Corinne, Corinne the Christian. That's not the way life is these days. Most people see me as Corinne the principal who knows lots about pedagogy and education. But as they get to know me, they realize that I go to church because I talk about it. So thinking about being intentional and thinking about how you make that connection. Now, Paul has already mentioned the A, and my husband has left because he thought he would actually laugh at this one, um, about being active, because I am not very active sometimes because I'm so busy doing other things. But being active, so you heard Paul, he always talks about being part of the running club or going for a cycle. You know that Sergi loves Liverpool. And, you know, there's people in our church community who are active because they've got relations, because they like being part of clubs. I am a cricket coach. If you have a child who wants to play cricket, send them to me on a Monday night. I'm down at University of Ulster. I hate cricket. I absolutely hate it. But I feel as if I have to be there, I have to show up and I have to be connected and make that connection with those young people. Sunday nights for a long time, I have been part of our our youth and I've tried to be active in, in that and pursuing those relationships. People need your accountability. People need you to show up. And, you know, people always say to me, I don't know how you fit it all in. I don't know how I fit it all in either, but I just try to fit it in. Um, the laugh about me as a, somebody who goes to small groups is that I am, I'm a difficult person to come to small groups because I am too busy sometimes. And there's lots of things going on in my life. But can I just give full credit to both Kathy and Philippa who led the last small group that I was part of. I did come more than twice. <laughs> I did, I did. And why was that small group successful for me? It was because they were intentional about making connection and they actively pursued me through a WhatsApp group. (laughs) They remind me every Thursday what day of the week it was and ask me the following question, are you coming? And that's all they really needed to do to make sure that I was there. And the end, the end is about your network. Now, those people who know me professionally will know, Gareth knows me quite well professionally, Ivan would have known me quite well professionally, they will know that I have a good network. If I decide I'm running an event, we'll have the place packed because my network is good. I'm in all sorts of social media. I have this like alternative ego called Curriculum NI. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, All I tweet about is very boring educational stuff, so if you're not interested in that, I wouldn't bother. Um, But the network is important. The people that you surround yourself with is really important. I have a lot of parties in my house. If you haven't been to a party in my house, I'm I'm sorry you haven't been invited. But that is mainly because the people who I party with are the people who live around me. When I step out of my house in the morning, it is like coming out into the Truman Show. Good morning, neighbor! (laughs) Because I know all my neighbors. I know them all. I've been in all their homes. Uh, my son, I make him cut their grass, um, Ian takes out their bins, and you know, we are part of that community. We have developed a really good network. We have neighbours who buy one barbecue, one barbecue, which is shared. And when somebody's having a barbecue, everyone's invited because the network is there. So it makes it really easy for me whenever I'm going, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to church. Do you want to come? And do you know what they might say? No, so. Somebody says no. So, someday they will say yes. And you've got to be intentional 
about making those connections. You've got to be active and you've got to try and expand your network. Every day you're meeting people. In my job, I have the pleasure of 472 little humans who come into my care, who I love unconditionally, who I would do anything for. There are five members in my first part of my family. In my dad's side of the family, I have 150 first cousins. Not joking. There is great networks out there. In the cricket club, I am the only female coach. I don't even like cricket, I don't even know why I did. <laughs> At youth, most of the people who I would actually classify as some of my good friends are under the age of 15. The reality is the network is important and that's not always on social media. People are lonely, people really value connection. Um, on Wednesday, I had the pleasure of being in the House of Lords. You see, like, look at the calibre of person you get to stand at the front. <laughs> and I got to speak in the House of Lords, which was such a, an amazing honour. But one of the things that happened, actually, I was thinking, I am so tired, I have so much work to do. On the way back on, on the flight, um, I met a guy who, whenever I was at university, was like shining like Christian. And he, he saw me in the distance and he threw airport and he said, oh, Corrine, and I sprint towards him and I'm giving him a big hug. Oh, it's great to see you. What is the first question I asked him? Where are you going to church? What did he say back? Not going. Not going anymore. What did I say? Well, I go to Carrick Vineyard and I normally sit by myself. And if you want to come, like there's always a seat beside me. And because you've got to be accountable back. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is not just about Corinne Latham. It's not about who I am as a professional. This is because I can do it. You all have courage within you. You are enough. Throughout this week, I have seen so many billboards about legacy, being enough, and thinking about how you can do things. And if we want to be a church who leaves a legacy in Carrickfergus, we're going to have to be people who remember the I can. You're going to have to remember that you are enough. And so what if somebody says, no, they don't want to go to the wine testing or they don't want to go and watch football? So what? The next time that you ask them, they might go, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go. You've got to be intentional. How many events do we have? I think it's 23 or something ridiculous. With 13 life groups, I had the pleasure of being in one of the, the super around the table life groups, great Mexican by the way, um, you can do it and we can be intentional to leave a legacy in Carrickfergus but remember it takes courage and if you ever are on a flight with me, I apologise now, you will not sleep. Well done. So briefly to finish, um, the religious People created barriers towards coming to relationship with God. But Jesus came and opened gates to people to walk through to him. He met people where they were and where they were at. And there's countless numbers of stories where he met a woman here and a fella there and a family there. And he met them where they were and he welcomed them. Some chose to follow him and others rejected him. And it was actually the religious 
most of all, that were the ones that rejected him. And Jesus is inviting us, the hands and feet of him, to have relationship with and um, instead of removing ourselves from the big bad world and creating our own subculture, is to actually invade the culture with the love of Jesus. So who are you investing in relationally? Who are you praying for? Who are you considering inviting to your home? Who are you in considering inviting to? Who is it? Who are the people? Right now, let us, let's pray. Just seated where we are. And I want you just to consider the answer to that question or those questions. Who are the people that we're invested in? Family members, work colleagues, neighbors, friends from the club or the pub or the wherever we find ourselves. People that once upon a time had relationship with Jesus actually. And like Corinne's friend have stopped going. Just bring them to mind. And just begin to pray. God, we pray for our friends and our family that don't yet know you. And God, may we be spared of seeing these people like a project. Help us to see them and love them in the way that you love them. And God, right now, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be present with them. That you'd reveal yourself to them. That you would draw them, that you would call them into life-giving relationship with you. God, give us just opportunities to welcome, gather, spend time with, eat and drink together. Help us to be honest with our own lives. Help us to share friendship and relationship and with these people. just pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done.
Amen.